Well, hey there, and welcome to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Blanc. Welcome to the show, and also welcome to the show is my co-host, Garrett Lynch. What's going on, Garrett? What's going on, Michael? Hey, so, uh, you know, we're dealing with a, a bunch of stuff here, COVID-related and eviction-related. Talk to us about how, uh, how do we deal with delinquent tenants right now, right? Because it's the old days, we would just follow the legal process and maybe file an eviction if they don't pay, and then they're out, and we put someone, uh, a paying tenant in there. And that's not so easy these days. So how, how do we deal with delinquent tenants? Yeah, so right now, so we, we just purchased a deal that had some delinquency. We knew going into it that that was the situation. That's just just what's happening now. And so you want to be like cautious and, and you don't want to be like overbearing with the situation because it is tender. All right. So what we've been doing is kind of like understanding, listen, there are people that, that are losing jobs and they're not going to have the money to pay your rent. So the deal that we've been cutting with some people in, in the right circumstance is we're going to forgive all your debt, just move. Okay. Let's just, mm. let's just sever ties right now. And that way we can continue to run our business. They're not going to get, you know, a bu- us coming after them for a bunch, a bunch of the money that they owe us. And then, you know, it's kind of a win-win for both sides right now. Then we're, we look like we're being gracious because we are, we're not coming after them for the money they should have paid us, but it's like, let's just cut it and move forward, you know, type of thing. Yeah, I wonder if that's not a, a good model moving forward because this, this COVID crisis is forcing us to actually communicate with our tenants, to work with our tenants, right? <laughs> you know, so, you know, once that moratorium lifts, you know, I wonder if that's not a model for moving forward and dealing with our tenants on a better better basis. I mean, you know, it's it's really just the perspective that you put on it. And so it's, do you want to chase the people that probably don't have the money to give you the money anyways? You want to go after that route and like push against the wall in that way? Or do you want to like, have more kind of an abundance mindset and let's fill it with someone that's that's willing and able to pay and let's just end the relationship. So it's just, it's really just how you want to look at it. Some people are like, there's no way they're getting away with this. I'm going after them as soon as this clears up. And so I think, you know, recently we we haven't really taken that approach. It's been more like, let's let's work with them as much as we can and then let's try to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, I want to talk about our guest we have on the on the show today. Uh, it's Pat Hyben, and Pat Hyben is a super successful person, just in general, multimillionaire, super successful person. You know, when he was young, though, he shared with me that he was he was labeled with learning disability. Uh, he was a speech deficiency, and he put in a bunch of special classes. And he really struggled as a teenager to kind of find a special purpose. I'm sharing all the stuff that he shared with me. And he says, I can share this stuff with you. And he, he, he graduated in college with a sociology degree and a 2.6 GPA. Yeah. Wow. So he says, yeah, he's not very smart. He said it on the podcast again. I consider him very smart, but he got into real estate, uh, but more as an agent and a broker. In the first year, he earned a total of $13,000 and sold 10 homes. And eventually he ended up writing a book uh, called Six Steps to Seven Seven Figures. And he just kind of applied those things. He had a mentor and the mentor says, Pat, just do this. Call 100 people a day. And Pat says, okay. And he kind of just kind of did it. By 2004, he became the number one REMAX agent in the world. In 2006, after switching to Keller Williams, became the number one Keller Williams agent as well. And today he's, uh, he's only a handful of residential agents internationally to hold a billion dollar agent status. He sold a cumulative 4,000 homes with a billion dollars in value. In 2012, he co-founded GoBundance. It's a, a men's business mastermind with uh, 350 active members. And I joined last year as well. And uh, he wrote his second book, The Tribe of Millionaires, which I highly recommend because it talks about the power of relationships and masterminds. 
And he also created a podcast titled Real Estate Rockstars that he recently sold in 2019. And he spends his time in Folly Beach, South Carolina, and also Columbia, Maryland, where I used to be from. And so let's get right into the show here with Pat Hyben. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your host, Michael Block. Hey, Pat, welcome to the show today. What's up, Michael? What's up, Get? Hey, so I'm going to do, do to you what you do to all your guests, which is to say, hey, please tell us about your entire life from the time you were birth in two minutes or less. <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay, sure, no problem. So I'm 55 years old. I uh, was born in Washington, D.C., and I come from a family of five siblings. I um, got a degree from college in sociology because it was the fastest way to get out. Uh, I got a 2.6 GPA. I couldn't get a job. No one wanted a sociologist. So I uh, got a job selling real estate because it was the least barrier to entry. I went on and spent 30 some years as a, as a real estate agent uh, at uh, various different companies, had my own company, had, had a mortgage company, a title company, the whole thing. Uh, got out of that, got out of, out of that whole uh, world, so to speak, about 10 years ago, wrote my first book, Six Steps to Seven Figures, became a full-time investor and started GoBundance about uh, 2014, which is a men's mastermind. It's a men's and women's business mastermind. And then uh, it leads me to today. I have two grown daughters in their 20s, been married 27 years. That's awesome. Well done. That's Actually, that, that's just about two minutes. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed. It's uh, clearly you've been done. You've done that before. I, I, in your in your book that you mentioned, the six steps to seven figures. I think you're you're all about tracking stuff. And I remember that you have certain dates when you achieve certain major things in life. One of them was be a millionaire, and you have a picture of you and your wife, like with you know plastic cups, celebrating. <laughs> And I love that. I love that. Now, I, why at one point you probably says, "I want to be a millionaire." Why did you want to be a millionaire, or did I just did that just kind of come about? Like, did you was yeah. that a, one of your goals, or how did that come about? Yeah, I mean, it's a cliche number, right? I mean, it's like uh, it's like the number. You know, you might as well set that eventually, or at some point as a as a benchmark. But of course, that's the way life is. Of course, it it it's fleeting, right? It lasts about a day or maybe a year, you you have kind of, you do have a little bit, I felt a boost to your self-esteem for me at least, because I, I kind of care a lot. And and I, I felt like the richer I got, the, the less I would stress out about stuff. So for me, it was important. I think it was almost a means to an end to creating less stress in my life because I'd be like, you know, I don't care that that deal fell through or I don't care that that employee quit because I got a million bucks in the bank, you know? So uh, for me, that's really what, I guess that answers your question. For me, if for everybody, it's something different. Yeah. You know, over the years, how has your definition of success changed? Yeah, that's a great question. Wow. I kind of measure six. I mean, this, and this doesn't sound, I don't know if this is a good enough answer, but uh, I was going to say I measure it every day. But it's kind of a lie. I mean, I do measure every day, like, was that a good day? But then I think that the answer to that question really boils down to relationships, right? I mean, 
are you successful with relationships? Do you have good relationships with your business partners? Do you have good relationships with your children? Do you have good relationships with your wife, your your mom, your dad, your siblings, uh, everybody around you? Uh, because I think if there was, if you boiled it down to one thing, you know, money would would might be in the top five, but it wouldn't be the, the number one. Number one would obviously be relationship. What good is all the money in the world if you've been you know, if, if everybody hates you. So, yeah. so that, that would, my success would be it, the, the ultimate success, I guess, is if you want to numerically count it, a thousand people at your funeral that actually knew you, they're not there because, you know, they respect you or they, you know, think that they should be there just because you were famous or somebody important. Uh, it was people that really, really loved you. So that, that kind of goes back to ego, a bit, right? Would you say, did you have a time maybe in your life where you had to redirect something around that? Or, or is this just something you learned over time? You know, again, it feels like a loaded question. And I think that it's easy. It's kind of like uh, when rich people say things like, oh, don't sweat the small stuff. And you're like, oh, that's a crock because <laughs> you're rich. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's yep. kind of like that. It's like everything becomes easier the more money you have. So I think that first and foremost, unequivocally, between the time I was so I graduated college, I'm an October baby. I graduated college, I was 21 years old. So I graduated by the time I was probably 21, when I started selling real estate until probably 35, right? I was massively focused every day, hyper concerned about every deal, every cent, every employee, every system. It was all about the the drive to do better, to do more, to succeed. And I guess that comes back to your question, Garrett. Yeah, that was all like ego driven or just, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the ego, right, is, is your internal so, um, yeah, that was all driven by me. It had nothing to do with anybody else. My wife literally, you know, if the bills are 10000 a month, that's all she cared about. She didn't care about whether I made 11, 12, 13, or 100 a month. You know what I mean? So it, it was nobody's, nobody's focus but mine, and that's it. So has that focus changed then over, over time? Because it sounds like it was maybe more ego-driven and you were so focused, yes. focused, focused on success. And yeah. maybe now it's something else is important to you. You said mentioned yeah. relationships for sure. Time, I think. You know, mm. I think time is probably the most important uh, because time is the most valuable. You know, we're, we're not guaranteed, you know, anything. Uh, we can be tapped on the shoulder at any time. And, you know, as you know, Michael, having a, a heart attack recently, I mean, you just don't know. So I think really at the end of the day, time is most important because, you know, I know guys that have a ton of money and quite frankly, I look at their kids and I, I can already tell them your kids are going to blow that, but it really doesn't matter because you're dead anyways. I guess you look at it and, and say, why is it so important, right? Why, why, why is numbers so important? Uh, they really shouldn't be, but they are. It's a game we play. I don't know if I'm answering the question right well the first book you wrote was six steps to seven figures and and you wrote that about you know a little while ago and it was clearly focused on success 
Right. And then and the second book we wrote with Tribal Millionaires has to do with relationships. I think it's an interesting shift in your in your own perspective. Mm, uh, let's maybe point. break it up into two parts, you know, because a lot of people, do, you know, they, yes, relationships, that's great, Pat, uh, you know, but really I want to be successful. I want to make a lot of money. So what are some of the key lessons from that book that you want people to remember? Obviously, you, you guys should all read this book, seven, seven, Six Steps to Seven Figures, because there's a lot of good stuff in there. It almost seems like you encapsulate all your best of lessons learned uh, from your you know years and being the most successful Keller Williams agent, and uh, but what are some of the th- the key lessons that uh, that you want people to remember from that book? Yeah, well, you know, so there's six steps. Basically, you know, the book was 400 pages. The publicist came to me and said, "You need to cut it in half." <laughs> so it was. It, it, it took like another a whole another year. It took me to to cut it in half, and when and when I cut it in half, it, it actually came down to five steps. And then he said, it doesn't flow, you know, five steps. He said, add another step and we'll call it six steps and seven figures. I was like, great idea. So then I added, then I went back and pulled a step out of all the pages I cut. So, you know, the one that, the one that most people like is, is build, uh, which is step number five. And, And the way I talk about that is build on a success up, not from the ground up. And in the world of real estate agents, it'll be an example of a, an agent that sells a house in a neighborhood and has their sign in the neighborhood, they are so much more apt to list the next door neighbor's house or a house across the street or any house in the neighborhood than they are in another neighborhood in another zip code. They're starting all over again over there. Mm. Where here they could say, hey, I'm a neighborhood expert. You probably saw my sign. It's so much easier, right? Proportionally easier. Same thing. If you sell a house to a cop, it's going to be proportionally proportionately easier for you to sell a house to the next cop because you could say, I sold Officer Smithkins a house. You probably know him. He works uh, vice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him. He's a good dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom, you're in, right? But you go to try to sell a house to a lawyer or, or another profession, you got to start all over again. And um, throughout my life, I've basically found a, a small success. And then I've just kind of built, 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 built journaled how how to get to the next step how to get to the next step on that success and then you know lucky for me i've had a lot of wins because of that i, I love that garrett i know you want to say something i, I love that because of two things number one is you have to recognize your wins and a lot of people don't recognize their wins they're like oh i haven't done a deal yet and they don't recognize all the steps and wins they've had already on their journey they don't recognize it and number two a lot of people keep starting over like like you said oh i don't like that market i'm going to start on a new market well why what was wrong with the other market oh i don't have my deal yet well maybe you haven't worked for long enough right so really building on your success and this is why i talk about the law of the first deal all the time which means if you do your first deal the second and third one just kind of come to you almost automatically and it's because you're building on your success you know you have one investor says oh yes if you find me a deal like this i'll be your investor you're like, oh my gosh, and now I can find a second investor much easier than that first investor. And people sometimes fail to forget that. So I love, I love that aspect of build on it. Yeah, you could literally rent a room out in your house and then have the Superman cape that says real estate investor, right? <laughs> you know, <clears throat> so true. Airbnb expert, yep. right? whatever you want to say. And that, that's all you need to move you forward. Pat. Uh, it sounds like you're kind of alluding to how you you kept building on the last success, but it sounds like there was a direction behind it. And it sounds like you're kind of alluding to going deep into something instead of wide. And I think there's a lot of people out there right now that maybe they get an idea, they jump to one thing, they have shiny object syndrome, 
jump to another thing and they don't really keep stepping on their last success and going deep into something. Can you talk to us a little bit about maybe how you've done that and how important that is? Yeah. You know, David Osborne talks about this and I don't even play golf, but he talks about this thing, this, this, uh, I don't know if you guys play golf, the focused aggressive line when you drive the, the aggressive drive, meaning you're going, you're picking a line of traffic and you're just aggressively going down that straight line. Um, I'm screwing up the analogy, but it's the same thing. It's like, you know, you pick in one area, whatever, and, and you're just going full out down through that area. So for instance, when I was in real estate, I, you know, I sold a lot of townhouses, uh, you know, first time buyer stuff. And rather than compete with the guys that were selling the big stuff, I just hyper-focus on the, I'm the guy that sells the first time buyer stuff, the townhouses, the condos, you know, I sold more condos than any other agent last year, whatever the, whatever the case may be. I think that the more focused that you are, the better you get at it just because you don't have all these distractions all around you pulling away from you. Like a lot of my time now is spent investing and I've had some winners, I've had some losers, but luckily I'm, you know, above 50% on the winners. And a lot of people say to me like, well, how are you finding these deals? How are you doing it? Well, the, it's, it's the same concept in that, like if I don't have anything else pulling me this way or that way or taking up my time, I'm able to focus so much more on what's in front of me, which is looking at deals, going through deals, learning deals, reading deals. And, uh, and, and the universe just brings you stuff when you put yourself out there and say, I'm an investor. I spend five hours a day thinking about, learning about, looking into investments. It just happens. It just comes. I mean, looking That's at great. like, I'm going to say maybe two halves of your life, right? Uh, the previous life was more of a success thing. You were just very, you know, focused on success. What, at the time for success, what was kind of your key to success? What do you think that made you as successful as you were? Yeah, I think the, the the thing for me really, other than say hard work, and that's kind of cliche, was being naive. I've always been very, uh, I'll call it simple, right? I'm not, I'm not that smart, right? I'm not that, you know, intelligent or, you know, when it, compared to some of the people that, that, that I know, right? So a lot of people that I know, it's just that I'm naive enough to believe stuff and and just move forward with it where other people you know might get analysis paralysis and like my when i really became successful in real estate is when i became a listing agent instead of a buyer agent i took a course and the guy's like you don't want to work buyers anymore you want to just work listings and you just you need to sit in a corner and just call 100 people a day and say do you want to sell your house so i just did it because he told me to do it so i figured he was right and he was right i i tripled my business that year or whatever. And, and the same thing is like, you know, with the deals I'm looking at now, I, I don't know. I just. What I think you're, uh, you're saying here is like, you just did it. You took the first step. You had an idea like, listen, I'm going to go into this knowing that you could pivot once you got in, which is, mm -hmm. which is a big part of any venture, anything you're doing, right. It's like, I'm going to go and figure this out. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to go. I have an idea of what I want to do. But when I get into it, I know that even if it doesn't go maybe as planned, I can figure it out. It's right kind of like, yeah, exactly, uh, Garrett. It's, it's a faith in yourself. 
and a belief in yourself. And I use the word naivety, which is the same thing, right? It's yeah. belief that no matter what happened, you're going to pivot, you're going to figure it out, it's going to be okay. And I think 99% of people don't have that belief. Like they really, really don't believe that they could have a million dollars. They really don't believe that they could own 500, you know, multifamily doors. They, you know, they just don't believe it. So it doesn't come true. Or they think they have to know every single component of it before they right. get into it. Right. Whereas and I they think just that, started one day thinking, yeah. I don't need to know anything. I could just do it. Yeah. And, you know, I could start and then I'll figure it out as we go. And you would, I will say, even for me, it wasn't always like that. I think I had to build that muscle a little bit to be able to get into it and just start to fail and be like, Oh, I'm okay. You know, I, I failed. I fell, I fell down, but I'm, I'm still on the track. You know, I think it was when I diverted from the track that it started to get like, I was like, you know what? I'm done with this completely. It's not going to, it's not going to work. It never would. I, I screwed up. That's when I got into, into trouble personally. But sticking to that, this going back to kind of like going deep into something, you just started, started going deep and then kept with it. And then all of a sudden you start to reach success. It sounds like you've had some of that. So I'm really excited about our mentoring program because of the results that we're achieving for our students. It's really the only program out there that guarantees results, meaning that we can guarantee you're going to do your first deal in the first 12 months. And uh, no one else does that. And we can do that because we have figured out the blueprint to getting people to do your first deal. So if you value mentorship and you feel like it can accelerate your goals, allow you to scale bigger and avoid the expensive mistakes, then check out our mentoring program. It's at themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. You can, ch- you can schedule a call with us there, a strategy session, and see if mentoring is right for you. That's themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. Well, it's interesting you use the word naivete, Pat. I, that's an interesting word, use, of, use of words, but my same observation is I can teach someone to analyze a little bit more, but I can't teach someone to take action. And sometimes he's like, oh my gosh, this guy just got into this deal, didn't think about it, you know? And it turned out okay, but man, you, you could have done a little bit more, maybe a little more analysis on it and prevented maybe this mistake and that mistake. But on the other hand, the analysis paralysis is so strong that getting someone who's caught up in that to take action is, is, is almost impossible. And it sounds like someone sat you down, Pat, and says, you can, you can sell 4,000 houses. All you got to do is make 100 calls a day. And you're like, okay. You know, okay. And you just believed them and then you just did it. Like, that's amazing. That makes you a very coachable person. And I think the main lesson is for people is to just do whatever expert tells you without thinking too much about it. And you just do it. Yeah, that's a great word, coachable. I I would say even to this day, I'm very coachable. You know what I mean? Some people, I love, I I go to a personal trainer three times a week. People like, why do you spend all that money? I'm like, because I usually don't, rarely miss a day. And, and I'm like, cause he just tells me what to do. I just love being told what to do, you know, and it works. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about GoBundance a little bit here. Uh, first of all, because it's something that you're very involved with. You started, but also I'm a member as well. Right. And, and in fact, you, you, uh, you co-wrote a book called tribe of millionaires and it's not necessarily a GoBundance commercial. It's really about relationships and surrounding yourself with people who can support you on your journey. Talk about, and you mentioned relationships where you said, hey, you know, my, my focus really, I measure my excess more, but more relationships. Talk about that uh, aspect of kind of your focus now and how important relationships are. Man, it really is everything. I can like literally connect so many dots of 
you know, like we talk and go abundance about having horizontal income, right? And the horizontal income is, you know, things that pay you sideways uh, horizontally, like an apartment building, like a house, like whatever, a business. I have about 55, let's say, different, let's say, lines going sideways. I would say 30 something of them were either brought to me or I'm partnered with a GoBundance person, you know, on it. Or I got into the deal uh, from networking uh, with a GoBundance person. And, you know, there's an old saying, your, your, your network is your net worth. I totally believe it. I totally believe it. It's like my whole life, things have come to me, but they didn't come to me by me just kind of sitting there and meditating. They came to me like I happened to be at a seminar and I've met a guy at the bar and, you know, it ends up that this happened and this happened and this happened and now look, you know what I mean? It's just, and that's been the same story of my life over and over again for decades. It's just, uh, 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 here's a great example, right? Go abundance, right? There's 350 members. I met David Osborne at a seminar that was all couples and we were the only two single guys there and we were forced to pair up because we weren't a couple. <laughs> That's how I met him. I was 33 years old. And, and then now look, and then the same thing with Tim road. And then about eight years later, David and I went to a seminar called money matters and it's all about money, right? It's like three days of money. And I was lacing my shoes up in the lobby to go for a run. And so was Tim road. And I said, you want to run together and talk? And we ran like a five-mile run and talked the whole time. And then I sat, talked to David that night at dinner. I was like, I met this guy running. You got to meet him. And so then the next day we met and went running again, the three of us. And David didn't even run. He didn't even like barely had running shoes. And so like, um, and now look, now we have a company, right? Now we have this company with 350 members in it, um, GoBundance. And, it, and now we wrote a book together. So, and now we, we also own a shopping center. We own, we probably have like 10 investments together. So the point is, it's all from networking. It's all from relationships and just putting yourself out there to create relationships. Yeah, you got to leave the house every once in a while. Yeah, it's it's tough with COVID, right? It's terrible. Yeah, it's awful. Right, it's terrible. I've had similar experiences. I mean, I always say you're one relationship away from a whole new level that you even think was possible, right? And I I remember I was like when I first got started with apartment buildings, I could barely wrap my head around raising two hundred fifty thousand dollars to buy a million dollar deal, right? And then I get to this this networking event, met this guy, we hit it off, we go for lunch. Turns out he had he was a developer. He just sold his company. And he was looking for, the reason he was there is he was looking to see who he can invest with, what kind of projects there are. But the minimum amount of money he wanted to invest per project was a million dollars. And I'm like, immediately in that moment, my mind shifted like a 180. I'm like, 250, that's ridiculous. I need to go out and find a $5 million project so this guy will invest with me. Like just one relationship completely threw out my entire perspective. And it's not the only time that's happened to me, you know, and, and it sounds like it's happened to you quite a bit as well. Yeah. I mean, if you hadn't left the room and you just sat there reading a book while you were there or you hadn't gone at all, started a conversation with him. What's funny is like, if you think about any major moment in your life around a business venture or something, there's typically there's some kind of story like that behind it. Like I could think even, even like our like Nighthawk thing, how that transpired, it was always 
you know, it's kind of, it was kind of like the, the saying, it's like luck is where opportunity and preparation meet. You know, that's, right. that's kind of what luck, luck is. And I mean, no, totally putting yourself. Because you're thinking, you're thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah Michael and, and was so thinking, any, any like major like, thing. I need an investor. I need an investor. Like God, is it a coincidence that a dude showed up with a million dollars? Is that like, you know, something from God that he put there? <laughs> Or, right. or did it have right. to do with you, you know, putting the intention out into the universe that, that this is the purpose you're there? Well, you know, it's, it's a little, little, little bit of both, both right? You know? A little, yeah. little bit of both. I mean, you, you, you know, they say hope is not a strategy. You can't just sit there and pray for something to happen. You can pray that something happens, but then you're going to do something, right? And right. I think it's but a little God, bit of God helps those that help themselves. <laughs> that's right. right. That, that's that's right. Yeah. Exactly right. What, how do you spend your time now, Pat? What do, you, what do you do when the day is long? That's a great question. So... You know, I would say, and it's it's ever changing. First of all, it's ever changing. It's a really weird time. It's just a crazy time because liquidity is at an all time high, which means everybody has cash, including myself. And it's easy to make money short term, which is really odd. My whole life, I've been a long term, pretty much. Whenever I go short term, I make mistakes. But I'm hoping that's not the past does not equal the future on that because, you know, I did, I have made some bets this year, short-term bets, you know, as everybody has with stock market and gold and Bitcoin and silver and yeah, everything what, else. I mean, what are you investing in? I mean, I know, I know you spend a lot of time investing, evaluating new deals. I mean, what are, you, what are you doing right now? What do you like? What don't you like right now? Well, so here's the thing, like a couple of things. First of all, I'm ADD, so I like to change. But I also like learning a lot. I'm a like, you know, I like learning. And quite frankly, I'm bored with real estate. So, uh, and the deals are harder and harder to find that, that make any sort of number, especially with the sort of gains that you're seeing where people are buying, you know, an Ethereum coin or buying a, a share of Tesla and, and watching the grass grow and make all this sort of money. <laughs> It's very hard to compare to some to most real estate deals. So uh, currently, here's kind of coincidentally or, or whatever you want to call it. And again, the jury's not out. I don't know if this is right or wrong. Back in March, it, you know, when COVID hit, I just started tuning in to different podcasts. I started listening to the Investors Podcast. We study billionaires. Uh, and one of the guys on there is really into Bitcoin. And these are really smart dudes. And then I started listening to Real Vision and, and watching Real Vision, which is an investor's uh, channel, let's say. Uh, and they have a podcast every day. They do a, a market podcast. You know, everybody was talking Bitcoin. And so I bought a bunch of Bitcoin and I bought some Ethereum. And then, again, through the network effect and uh, Chad Corbett, who's in GoBundance, had me sit in on a presentation back in June for a Bitcoin mine in Texas. So I, I put a little bit of money in that. And then, you know, four months later, I put a little bit more money in that. And then now I'm putting a little bit more money in that. So it's been almost a year and, uh, and that's going extremely well. And, and although I don't know anything much about cryptocurrency, I probably know a lot more than most people now, just because the past nine months I've kind of been OCD on, um, on learning about it. You know, I am doing other deals. I tend to find that as, as your wealth grows, you have more opportunities. And I've been given opportunities in venture capital funds. I know this myself a little bit, but 
the big dogs that you meet, a lot of these rich people that I meet, all their money is made in private companies. And so if you can get tapped into that universe of investing in private companies, I think there's a huge upside. You could like all of a sudden be $10 million richer one day just from an investment. So I started investing in three different uh, venture capital funds. And then they give you sidecars, which means they give you an opportunity to say, hey, we're investing in this 3D printing company. We're going to give them 20 million bucks. We put aside another 5 million. If you guys want to invest directly in them, you can throw 50 grand or whatever at them. So uh, I probably got 10 of those, right? And they're much funner. They're, they're manic, right? Because if you play craps, it's kind of like a hard eight bet or a hard four, or whatever. You know, when you hit it, you jump for joy, but there's also a huge chance you could lose all your money. And of course, I'm still doing real estate too, here and there, selling. Uh, I'm not afraid to pay taxes. I sell stuff and then I'll just wait and invest other things. Or I just bought two houses. Uh, I've sold two houses about 12 months ago. And then I waited like 12 months and I just bought two more, but it just, whatever, just, I'm just moving the furniture around in a room constantly, you know? And, and I can see you like learning. I, I love learning as well. And then, you know, you're learning and then you put some money in, you learn some more. It does kind of keep it, keep it fun. So Pat, what's next for you? What's, what are you going to docket this year and maybe even beyond? Yeah, that's a great question too, right? And COVID really kind of threw us back on that. So I, I think more of the same. I got a pretty good lifestyle um, where I've been able to just kind of, and, and this is what I've always wanted. This has been a goal and I've manifested it where I just, you know, I have very few, I had a podcast and I sold it and I started to build up a team again. I had like six employees and I sold that and I really didn't like it. I, my ultimate goal was to just have kind of like a couple of part-time people that are like virtual employees, like accountants or, or property managers and stuff that, and I didn't have to be beholden to any uh, salary or person, uh, but myself just looking at reports constantly, you know, just watching the money. And that's kind of where I've gotten. And uh, I really don't want to leave that space. I don't want to go back to work. So I, I, I think it's just more the same or the same of the same, uh, just probably, hopefully, deals that pay more than in the past. You know, it's very exciting when deals work out, especially if they pay big. And it's hard to go back to just little crumbs, for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just been great, Pat. I could, I could jam with you uh, uh, all day long. Uh, but how can, how can people connect with you, Pat? You know, that's a great question. Well, a couple of things. You're, you're welcome to reach out to me. I'm on Facebook. But the thing is, you know, and this is odd. When I sold my podcast, I sold my identity um, <laughs> to a degree. I had a couple of Facebook pages. I, they leased my LinkedIn page for a year, and I just got it back. Just literally got my LinkedIn page back a month ago. So, you know, in social media, sometimes you're going to get the guy who I sold the podcast to, Aaron Amuchastegui. It won't be me. But you could go to GoBundance.com. All right. I'm on there. You could uh, go to tribeofmillionaires.com and uh, you can get a free copy of the Tribe of Millionaires book. All you got to do is pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. And uh, I guess you could say you could go. I'm on LinkedIn. It's the real LinkedIn. And on Facebook and Instagram uh, and even Twitter, it's not me. I sold it. So <laughs> love it. Hey, Pat, thanks for coming, coming on the show today. All right. Good talking to you guys.
So I highly recommend that you uh, read Pat Hyben's book called Tribe of Millionaires because it's all about uh, the importance of surrounding yourself with people who can support you on your journey. Uh, peers who are at your level, who are experiencing the challenges you're experiencing, who want what you want, but also people who are ahead of you as well. And so this idea of masterminds is not a new idea at all, uh, but it's a very powerful one. And uh, in this book, Tribe of Millionaires, uh, Pat and his co-author, David Osborne, really talk about the importance of that. And I love the way this book is written. It's written in a, in a fiction format around the story of someone's journey and how a group of, of other guys basically help him reach the next level. And it's just a, a really, a, it's a short read. It's a great read. Now, of course, um, it's also what embodies GoBundance. GoBundance is a, is a mastermind for uh, for men and women entrepreneurs, business people. And I joined last year uh, in 2020, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, they have national get-togethers, uh, virtual calls, small groups they call GoPods, uh, accountability, and just the, the quality of the people there uh, are really high-performing entrepreneurs at multiple levels. So uh, really excited about, about that. It's really helped me get to the next level as well. And there's a bunch of multifamily investors in there, real estate investors and brokers, but also non-real estate uh, business owners and, and executives. So it's it's a powerful community. If you want to check it out, go to GoBundance.com. If you do decide to apply, put in there that you heard heard it from me on the podcast. And uh, you know there's a little internal competition going on right now. Right, so hey, maybe we can generate a few applications. So check that out if you're if you're interested in that and go abundance. And the book is called Tribe of Millionaires. I always enjoy talking with Pat Hyben. Uh, he's so low key, uh, very honest, as uh, very accomplished person, and has so much wisdom in him. So I just really every time I talk to him, I could talk hours for him and kind of pick his brain, which is what we're able to do today. So check out his book as well. Uh, and he spends a lot of time investing passively, and and I love that he's a learner. He's got he's a little little ADD, so he does some crazy stuff like oil and bitcoin and uh you know I, I need to educate myself around this bitcoin stuff and bitcoin mining it's super complicated in my opinion oh my gosh but he also has invested a lot in real estate specifically multifamily as well so if you're interested in investing passively we'd love to have a conversation with you in nighthawk equity our investment firm you know, we're actively working on new deals. And if you're interested in that, then head on over to nighthawkequity.com and click the join button to join our investment club. You fill out a short form and then we can have a conversation with you and then share with you some upcoming opportunities we may have. So hope you enjoyed this interview with Pat Hyven and catch you the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Block. For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to themichaelblanc.com. There, you can also download the free ebook, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.